All right, today our message series is called Growing a Godly Family. Now, God has created the family as the foundation of society. Families are the foundation of every society. They're to be the foundation. When the family begins to crumble, when marriages begin to crumble, when the definition of marriage begins to change, things don't go well. But a family or a society where families are growing in godliness is going to be blessed and prosperous. But the opposite is is true as well. And even in our society where godly families, I believe, are the minority, those families are going to be blessed as they follow God and as they seek to reach out in their world. Today we're going to talk about developing kindness in the family. We're going to look at three areas where God desires for us to grow in kindness. First, we'll look at our immediate physical families. Then we're going to look at our church family. And finally, we're going to look beyond that at everyone else that we have influence with. And so in order to talk about kindness, we need to define what kindness is. I looked up kindness in the dictionary and it said that kindness was the quality of being kind. I said, well, that's, that's really helpful, isn't it? You know, you look it up in the dictionary. And so I, I kept looking and there's like a lot of definitions of kindness. And I believe one that really captured the essence of what the Bible is talking about when we talk about kindness is kindness is the quality of being gentle, caring, and helpful. Kindness is the quality of being gentle, caring, and helpful. So let's look at these three different words that I believe capture the heart of what kindness is. First of all, being caring. Being caring is having an attitude of compassion for the needs of other people. I care about somebody else. I, I care about what they're going through. Being helpful is then taking action to meet the needs of other people. We know what they are, we care about them, and we do something about it. We take action to meet somebody else's need. And gentle, being gentle, is the manner in which a kind person takes action. I mean, you can take action and being very matter-of-fact, abrupt, uh, even harsh, or you can do it in a gentle way, having compassion on what that person is going through. And so those are three descriptions of kindness. So let's begin to look at what God's Word, the Bible, has to say about kindness. Proverbs eleven seventeen, and you can follow along in the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline, these verses uh, written out. The outlines, as we'll get to it, has a fill in the blanks, and on the back is a study guide that you can dig in a little more deeply. If you're not going through the study guide, in a life group, I would strongly encourage you to, in your daily time with God, go through these questions and look at the scriptures and seek to answer them so that you can really uh, assimilate what God is saying to you through this message. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Well, sometimes we can better understand what something is by looking at the opposite. What's the opposite of being kind? Well, here we see it's being cruel. Uh, cruelty is, is not caring about other people. Cruelty is not helping other people. Cruelty is, is not being gentle, but being harsh in dealing with, with others. And so this verse tells us that when you're kind to somebody else, you're benefiting yourself. On the other hand, if you're cruel to somebody else, if you're harsh to them, you, 
not only are hurting them, but you're hurting yourself. And so we want to learn to grow in kindness. Jesus said in Luke 6, he says, Love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And so here, Jesus explains that God the Father is kind. He's kind not just to his children. He is kind to his children. But he's kind to evil and ungrateful people. And he tells us here that we are to love even our enemies. Why? Because as believers, we are called to be like our Heavenly Father. As his children, we are called to imitate him and to be kind to everyone. 2 Peter 1.7 says, In your godliness, which we talked about last week, supply brotherly kindness. And so we can be godly. We can do a lot of good things, but we need to learn to be kind because that's what God is like. And that's what God commands us to be. First of all, we are to be kind in our immediate families. 1 Corinthians 13.4 says, Love is patient and kind. And so, of course, kindness is part of showing love for somebody else. And the family, our immediate family, is the place where God trains us to become more and more like Jesus in our attitudes. And so kindness is something we need to show to our spouses. Kindness is something we need to show to our children. Kindness is something that children need to show to one another, that we as parents need to train our children to show, to show kindness. Now, in this verse, we see that kindness and patience are related. When are we tempted to be unkind? Well, we're tempted to be unkind when we grow impatient with somebody else. You ever become impatient with somebody who's taking too long to do the thing you told them to do? And we tend not to be too kind about it. Or when somebody is doing something that irritates you or, or something that you think is wrong. And so kindness is showing patient concern with other people in your family. There are times when we mess up and we would like people to be kind to us and we need to be kind to others in our own families. In our families, mothers need to learn kindness. Titus 2 says, Train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Now, there's a whole lot in that verse we're not going to have time to talk about. We're going to focus on, on being kind. And here we see that being kind in our families is, is part of love. And young mothers are to be trained by older women to be kind in their homes. You see, some of these things don't just happen automatically. We don't just tend to be kind. We we tend to be unkind, even to people in our immediate family. We need to learn. We need to be trained about kindness. How does this training occur? Well, one of the ways that we have for women is in our, our regular, our quarterly women's ministry meeting. And there you can learn from spiritually mature mothers who've kind of gone through it. My wife, Carol, uh, we have seven children. Five will be in college this year. So We've kind of gone through it, and uh, Carol has a lot to offer uh, to younger mothers. You can learn from her. 
And you can seek out relationships with other mothers and grandmothers who have gone through it to learn as a young mother. You can learn from those people in the body of Christ. Learn from them who have gone through it, who love God, rather than just Googling, you know, how do I deal with my problem child? Um, learn from real people. Now, what is the opposite of being kind? It's, we've talked about being harsh or cruel. When you're, when you're not kind to your children, if you're harsh or cruel with them, which sometimes we, we tend to be, when a mother is harsh with their children, the children don't usually turn out well. They don't respond well to that. It's not, it's not an aspect of love. And in this verse in Titus, it says, mothers need to learn these things, including being kind, that the word of God may not be reviled. And so unbelievers are looking at us. They're looking at our families. They're looking at how mothers deal with their children. We'll get to fathers in a minute. And if they look at us, and they say, if that's what being a believer is, if that's what following God is like, if that's how children in a Christian family turn out, if that's how mothers treat their children, then I don't want to be part of it. That The Word of God is being reviled. And God wants us to learn and practice kindness because that's going to enhance the witness of our family. We want people to look at us. We want people to look at our family and say, wow. I would like to have a family like that. I would like to have a family that shows that kind of love. I would like to have a family where my children are doing the things that the children in that believer's family are doing, who are responsible, who are loving, who are doing well in school, who are productive children. And so as we learn to grow in kindness, it will help our witness with other people. And they'll be asking, how can I have a family like that? How can I be blessed like your family? So mothers learn kindness. Now fathers need to practice kindness as well. Colossians 3 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And so kindness is not just for women. It's not just for mothers. It's, kindness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that every believer needs to grow in and develop and put into practice. Now, as we see this list of what we are to put on, the word put on in the Greek almost means to like put on like a pair of clothes. We're to, to wear these attitudes. They ought to be part of what we are, part of what we do, part of what we think. Let's just look at a couple qualities that go together with kindness. The first one right before kindness in this list is having a compassionate heart. We already talked about compassion. A compassionate heart is a heart that takes notice of the needs of others and then has compassion regarding those needs. I mean, you can notice somebody else's needs and you can scorn that person. You can look down on that person or you can have compassion wanting to help the person who has needs. And fathers, speaking for myself, sometimes tend to not have compassion. Uh, we tend to think uh, either for our wives or for children, with children, fathers sometimes tend to think that children should act like adults. And when they don't, uh, we can be harsh with them. But children are children. 
And we need to have compassion for the immaturity of children. They're, they're children. They're not grown up yet. And we need to help them in that process. But, you know, a five-year-old child is not going to act like an adult. And we need to train them and have compassion as they grow to become more and more mature children of God, teaching them kindly the ways of God in our homes. Sometimes we are kinder to people outside our family than people within our own families. Why might that be? Well, one of the reasons is that sometimes we let things build up. We don't forgive. And we don't forget. Sometimes we're kind with other people because it might be to our detriment if we weren't kind to that other person. But our families, they're kind of stuck with us at least for a while, you know, and we can afford to be unkind. Well, not, not really because it has an impact on us. Remember, if we're cruel to somebody else, not only does it hurt the other person, it hurts us. It hurts our family. So we need to learn to be kind in our immediate families. The next verse in this passage, and we just read, it speaks of forgiveness. And so we need to show the greatest kindness to those who are closest to us because we have the greatest responsibility for them, for our immediate family. That is our, if we're parents, that is our greatest responsibility. And so we need to make a decision to grow in kindness to those that are closest to us, being quick to apologize if we say something wrong, if we're unkind, seeking God to help us grow in kindness with our own family. Next, we need to be kind in our church family. Micah 6.8 says, He's told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And so our... Um, First area of responsibility is our immediate family. Then beyond that is our, our church family. The Bible speaks of believers in the local church family as being our brothers and sisters. And this verse tells us that we are to love kindness. When we love kindness, we seek to grow in it, both in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. How is kindness expressed in a church family? Let's look at two ways. We have to be kind in forgiving one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Now notice there's a little phrase in this verse that's repeated twice. It's, it's the phrase, one another. And when we see that in the Bible, it's specifically referring to brothers and sisters in our church family. That is the one another. The people outside the church are not referred to as one another. Those are our brothers and sisters. And so we're to be kind and tender-hearted towards others in the church family. And so what does that mean? Well, a kind and tender heart is, again, one that cares about and has compassion for others. Now, in particular, this verse stresses the importance of forgiveness. Again, we say forgiving one another. When somebody hurts you, when somebody does something you don't agree with, and if that hasn't happened to you in this church family yet, this is your first Sunday. So that's okay. You know, that's all right. We're a wonderful group of people, but 
we're not perfect. And from time to time, somebody's going to do something that you don't agree with. Somebody's going to say something that you wish they hadn't said. And when that happens, our tendency is to, I'm going to go talk to somebody else about what this person did to me. The Bible calls that gossip, that sin, that causes problems. Rather, be kind. Two ways. If it's a small thing, the Bible says that just forgive them in your heart and carry on. You do not have to point out every failing in another, every other person that you meet. Uh, if you do that, you're going to have a hard time making friends. Okay. The Bible says, love overlooks a multitude of faults. There's a lot of things we just need to overlook. Yeah, that wasn't right. They shouldn't have said that, but hey, I forgive them, I go on, we just carry on. But if it's a bigger issue, sometimes there are bigger issues, what does the Bible tell us to do? The Bible tells us to go and talk to that person, talk it over. Oftentimes, the hurts are simply misunderstandings. We don't understand what that person was saying. We don't understand why they said or why they did what they did what they did, and if we talk it over, we can come to reconcile. If they did something wrong, forgive them. Tell them you forgive them. Don't hold a grudge. Don't become bitter with them. Don't cut them off. Seek to reconcile the, re the, the relationship by talking to them. Sometimes when there's an issue, uh, people are not kind. They're not forgiving. They don't follow what the Bible says, and they simply... Leave the church family. Talks, it happens all the time. It happens in this church. It happens in other churches. And what happens then, you don't express kindness. You don't express forgiveness. You're not following God's word. And you're out of his will. You're out of his blessing. You're out of his protection. Rather, be kind. Be forgiving to one another. Seeking to reconcile relationships with your brothers and sisters. Be kind in forgiving one another. Secondly, be kind in encouraging one another. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another. We see that one another again. To love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So kindness in a church family also involves encouraging others to do what? To love God more? and to serve him more. And one of the ways of encouraging others, we see it right here in this verse, is being consistent in attending church, not neglecting to meet together. You see, when you come together with other believers, just your presence, even if you don't say anything, you're encouraging people that you're there, that we can depend on you, we can depend on one another. Being with your church family should be one of our highest priorities. Be kind in encouraging one another. Now, we talked about this already, but one of the concepts we probably don't stress enough is that the church is our spiritual family. Other believers in the church are your brothers and sisters. Those are not just words. Those, that is spiritual reality. You're going to spend eternity with your brothers and sisters in your local church family. Now, there's others going to be there. I mean, I'm not saying the only life church is going to be in heaven. I'm saying, you know, there's going to be millions of other people, but you are going to spend eternity with the people in your local church family. Now, your physical family 
Hopefully you'll spend eternity with them, but only if they are also your spiritual brothers and sisters, if they're saved. If they're not, then you've got a job to do because if they don't become believers, you won't be spending eternity with them. And since the believers in the church family are our brothers and sisters, we need to get to know them uh, in order to be kind to them. One of the things we've already said, it says right in that verse we had, regularly attending Sunday services, getting involved in the activities of the church family, getting involved in, in small groups and life groups. It's hard to be kind to someone that you don't know. If you don't know anything about the person on the other side of the church, I mean, that's okay. There's a lot of people. But we need to know people in order to be kind to them. You've got to know their needs. You've got to have compassion on those needs and then take action to meet those needs. And so, of course, one of the ways that can really happen is in life groups. You really get to know. You meet together multiple times a month. You get to know people's needs. You pray together. And you can help people. You can be kind to them. You can show compassion to them. Again, we encourage everybody to be involved in life groups. If the ones we have don't <clears throat> meet your schedule, let me know. And we'll see how we can help you to make connections, even if the ones we have right now don't work for you. So now we've talked about how being kind works in our immediate families, how being kind works in our church family. Now let's look at being kind with everyone. 2 Timothy 2.24, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach patiently enduring evil. Now, if you're a believer, you are a lo the Lord's servant. You are one of the Lord's servants. And in this verse, we learn something else that's not being kind. What is it? Being quarrelsome. Arguing with people. Uh, it's not being kind. What does a kind person do when somebody disagrees or somebody has an alternate opinion? It says, you're able to teach. Being kind to somebody and teach them the truth without arguing with them, without being quarrelsome. We must be kind to everybody that God brings into our lives. Let's look at an example from Jesus about being kind to a stranger so that we can learn how to have compassion on others. Luke 10.30 says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and, de and departed, leaving him half dead. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Now this is a familiar parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus tells us a man was traveling along the road, he was robbed, by some robbers beaten, left for dead on the side of the road. A number of people passed the guy by and said, that's not my problem. I didn't have anything to do with this. I've got a schedule to keep, and I've got to be on my way, and we'll just leave him be. They did not show kindness to the man. But a Samaritan saw the man, who was a Jewish man, and normally Samaritans don't have Dealings with Jews, but the Samaritan saw the man as everybody else had. Everybody else had passed by, but he had a different response. He had things to do, but rather than passing the man by, he had compassion on him. Now, having compassion on somebody, being moved by, by someone's need, is really not enough. It's, 
you must do something. I mean, you can truly have some kind of compassion or feel something for somebody's plight and still go past them and not help them. But that's not what the Samaritan did. He took care of the needs of this man. So when we have compassion for somebody else's needs, we need to take care of their needs. It says, He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And so the Samaritan took action. He did something. I mean, he saved the man from dying. If he would have just laid there, he would have eventually died. He treated the man's wounds, brought him to an inn. He paid for, for future care. And so kindness is not just gentle words. It's shown in actions that meet another person's needs. And so today we've talked about an important fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of kindness. It's paying attention to other people's needs, having compassion on them, and then taking action to meet those needs. We learn to express kindness and and develop kindness in our own immediate families. We need to practice kindness in our church family. And finally, we need to show kindness to everybody that God brings into our lives. And so this morning, as we come to the close, think about your immediate family. Is there anyone you've been unkind or harsh to this past week? Is there any ways that you can improve in being kind in your immediate family? So ask God to forgive you and to help you to be more kind. Think about your church family. Is there anybody you've been unkind to? Or perhaps you've just ignored, you know, ignoring somebody is being unkind, really. If so, ask for God's forgiveness and ask him to help you make a change in the rest of your life, in your work, in your neighborhood. Do you have opportunities to be kind? Ask God to help you honor him and be more like him in all of your relationships. And your kindness, and our kindness as a church family, will open doors for God's truth and his witness to be shared. Because everybody likes a kind person. Everybody really deep down wants to be kind. People are drawn to people who are kind and help others. And we want to be that kind of people individually and as a church so God will be glorified. Now we read that God the Father is kind to people who are evil, to people who are ungrateful, to people who are sinners. He's kind. That's why he sent Jesus to this earth to die for evil, unkind, sinful people because of his great kindness. He made an opportunity for us to be saved. And so to become a believer, to accept God's gift of kindness, we need to admit that we've done wrong things, that we've sinned. We need to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that our sins might be forgiven. He rose from the dead three days later, And we need to commit our lives to following Him as our Lord and Savior. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray. If you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, I'd encourage you to pray along with me and make that commitment today. Or you might want to recommit your life to Him. Say something like this, Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've been unkind to people in my life. And I've done other things that I knew were wrong. 
I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. I believe he rose from the dead, and I invite him into my life. I commit myself to following Jesus as my Lord and Savior all my days. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for your word that teaches us about kindness. Forgive us, God, for being uncaring and unkind to people around us. Help us to pay attention to the needs of others, not just our own needs. Help us to have compassion when people do have needs. And finally, give us the opportunity and the resources to meet those needs with your help. We pray, God, that our physical families and that our church family would be a good witness to others about your kindness, that we would model your kindness. The kindness we show would be a picture of the kindness that you show to us. And we pray, God, that as we grow in kindness in every sphere of our lives, that it would open doors for the gospel to be shared. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.